0: there was a part of me that really struggled with why isn't my family together? Why do I have to go here every other weekend as long as everything's works out and then I gotta go back over here. But then when I'm over here, I don't get to see my friends on the weekend that all my other friends get to see when they're here. So that was challenging. Welcome to the Hope in Real Life podcast with Jason Gore. Our team is passionate and committed to bringing you more hope in the everyday real areas of your life. If this conversation and content is valuable for you, please do us a favor. Like, subscribe, and even share. You never know how valuable it could be to share a little bit of hope with someone else. Let's get the conversation started.
1: Hey, welcome to the first inaugural edition of the Hope in Real Life podcast. The first. The first. (laughs) Hey, man, it's new new beginnings, it's beautiful. This is Jason Gore. Uh, my name is Wade Harris, and uh, this is the place that we just want to give you a little bit of hope uh, in your real life. And so, um, I felt like this episode would be good for everyone to get to know you, Jason. Yep. Um, your, you know, your story, your vision uh, for this Hope in Real Life brand, and all that stuff. And so, uh, I just start there, man. Like for the people who they're tuned into this, never heard of Jason Gore. They don't. Uh, just, <laughs> Who are you, man?
0: They might be better for it. Nah. Man, just, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm just a guy, you, you know? But but I will tell you that I've gone through some things in my life mm-hmm. and uh, I've, uh, that I think other people can connect with, that, sure. that other people go through in real life. Uh, by no means had the the, the perfect childhood, by no means have uh, lived life perfectly as an adult. Uh, But I have had some people come alongside me at the right times in my life, Mm. and I've been able to find some hope and some resilience to make it through some times that I think other people regularly experience. And so, yeah, man, I'm just a a guy who's here really hoping to be able to add value and to bring some hope to other people's real lives.
1: I love that, man. I know uh, you coach football. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a pastor. Uh, obviously, you're a husband. You're a father. I mean, you you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Even though I'm the one with the hat on. Yeah, right well, now. I'd usually, you, yeah. <laughs> I, you,
0: from time to time, you'll catch me with a hat. You on. do wear hats.
1: Yeah. You do wear hats. You you wear a lot of hats, man. Um, just talk about like just that those different aspects of your life and just the importance of you know being who you are in those buckets, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, s- someone asked me one time, like, hey, what what do you want to ultimately do with your life? Mm-hmm. You know, and now, which is like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know, I'm figuring the, that out, That's right? the, what do you want to be uh, when yeah. you grow up? Yeah, and I still don't know, <laughs> I, I haven't completely figured out. But what I knew back then is what is true now. I, I, I really do want to be able to leverage whatever gifts, resources, experiences, things that I've been through, whether good or bad. Sure. I really w- do want to be able to use those to add value, to be able to provide leadership, to be able to provide coaching for other people in their lives. Uh, I, I, I get this sense of, um, man, this is what you were made for mm-hmm. when I'm able to help a person mm-hmm. or a group of people accomplish mm-hmm. something that they want to accomplish. Yeah. And so whether that's with my own children, like helping them discover their purpose in life and their identity, which I, I don't get right all the time, yep. but. Um, but w- Whether it's that, or whether it's investing uh, in staff here mm-hmm. at Hope Community Church, uh, where you and I mm-hmm. both work, or whether it's just people from, out in the marketplace or interacting with families from kids that I coach, man, that's that's where I'm like, meant, that's what life is about, you know.
1: Jason, it's like you're like the ultimate mentor, bro. That's oh, what that's, that's what it is, man. That's, that's what that's you won't true. say it, but I, I say it, man. That. That's but that's your that's what i see from you in all those different areas Mm -hmm. you're like hey i just want to pour into whatever god has given me yeah
0: the truth is way and i I don't i'm gonna let you finish but i don't i think for me it's just i know that i wouldn't be where i am in life if it wasn't for other people stopping and being willing to do Mm -hmm. that for me and i think the world right now desperately needs people that are willing to say hey i'm gonna take a deep breath it's not just about me but it's about what i can actually give back and invest in others that's
1: good so that's good um, let's let's start here um, I know you've mentioned this a ton of times in different ways the importance that coaches have had in your life yeah like you grew up playing sports you know mm-hmm. football wrestling that kind of thing how did that begin to impact you even in your childhood when you first started you know getting into to, to sports and just doing things in general
0: yeah I think uh I think the biggest thing that, that you learn in sports is um, there's a goal, mm. and you're not just going to wake up one day and accomplish that goal, Sure. but it's going to take consistency over time. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a team effort. It's going to take you being willing to sacrifice some of your own personal preferences for the sake of that goal oh, yeah. that, that you said you wanted to accomplish. Oh, yeah. and. Um, I don't think everybody gets that, truthfully. I think That's a nice. lot of times in sports, it has a lot to do with the coaches and the leadership that are in place. I was so fortunate to have um, coaches that mm. I, I actually think got that right. Wow. And so whether I'm talking about, um, uh, whether I'm talking about Jerry Winterton, who is my high school wrestling coach, or Bill Devine, or Jay Dejeet, or Coach Boyette, or, or Coach Glenn Denning, who is our athletic trainer. I mean, it doesn't matter, the list could go on, but these were men that like understood what it means to do the right things consistently over time. Mm. And um, yeah, it just had an impact on me, man. It helped me realize, you know, it prepares you for life. Right, things aren't always gonna be easy. You're not just gonna always wake up and be where you wanna be. Yeah. But you gotta put steps in place and you gotta be consistent to get there.
1: That's good. How did you get into wrestling? I mean, because wrestling is one of those, it's like, you gotta be wired a certain way.
0: <laughs> you do gotta be wired a certain way and you gotta be comfortable um, with, with the outfit. Yes. Usually, yeah. usually you know what, so uh, I played football growing up Okay. and I showed up to my first ever high school football practice at Cary High School in Cary, North Carolina mm-hmm. and Coach Jerry Winterton was our quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator back then for varsity. And I had just come back from this quarterbacks camp over at NC State and I was talking to him um, just after the first practice Mm -hmm. and all I wanted to talk to him about was like, how did the practice go, how did the practice go, what can I do to improve, you know, what do I need to work on, you know, what'd you think, coach? You try and get that playing time. It might have been a little bit, (laughs) it might have been a little bit. And uh, But we finished the conversation and I thought he was gonna say something to me, but like, you know, like, hey, I see something in you Mm. or this is what I want you to work on. And he looked at me and he said, let me ask you a question what weight are you gonna wrestle this year? Wow. <laughs> and I wow. You know, I wrestled, like, for a month when I was younger. Okay. And I, at that point, I weighed about 155 pounds. I said, I don't really know what the weight classes are, maybe some way, somewhere around 160 pounds. And um, from that point on, it was like, oh, well, I guess I'm gonna wrestle when football season's over.
1: <laughs> wow, so, okay. I wasn't expecting that, man. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. How did you fall in love with wrestling? because you coach wrestling, yeah. you wrestled at NC State, which is, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, how did you How did you fall in love with that?
0: You know, I, I don't, to say I fell in love with wrestling, I'd have to think about that. I mean, I think I, maybe I fell in love with wrestling. I don't know if anyone really falls in love like with the wrestling as much as um you, you kind of become, I don't want to say addicted, but you kind of mm. become addicted to this realization that, what I put in is what I'm gonna get out. Wow! And
1: uh, so you really saw that with wrestling, yeah, In like a, just a different kind of way, right? It's yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I, what I football was my first love, all sure. right. But what I love about football is there's this team yep. atmosphere, right? Yep. And there's this team environment, and there's this like strategy of eleven people on the field working in one direction for sure. one thing, and that might just be on offense. And there's a whole other eleven people that are doing, and there's just something beautiful about a group of people committing to one big goal, but mm-hmm. you all got to do different things. Because that's life, right? Especially in a family and in a team and in a work environment. But in wrestling, like you've just got nowhere to hide. Right. You walk out on the mat, it's you and another human that yep. wants the same thing you do, yep. and there's nothing separating you but that little uniform that we just talked about <laughs> a minute ago. And, and then there's a referee that blows the whistle. Right. And when the whistle blows, there's nothing but you, your heart, and your preparation, and that's mm. it. And um, so there's just something to like, uh, all right, I'm gonna work hard and then I'm gonna have an opportunity to lay it all on the line and test myself. And uh, for me, it was, um, I just fell in love with an opportunity to test myself and to Mm. push myself and then to see, you know, the payoff. Because there's not a lot of times in life um, that, You just get that opportunity to go out there and see what you're made of. Now, what you learn as you get older is you actually have that opportunity every day of your life when the sun comes up. Uh, But for me then, I saw it as kind of the playground for that to really happen.
1: Do you feel like wrestling was one of those places where you first learned about resiliency on a deeper level, or do you think it it came from even some of your football training and some of your other life experiences.
0: Yeah, I I think Because you
1: gotta be resilient to wrestle.
0: You do, yeah, you do. Especially be good at it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, this will come out, I'm sure, in some of these episodes. I mean, I went through some very unique and and challenging situations as a child. And, And then young adulthood, and now here I am at 44, and I'm like, okay, I think the last five years have been, filled. so I think my life has been filled with different challenges. Sure. But I tell people, the, the young ones that I coach and I tell parents even to play football, um, I don't think there's a better sport for young athletes than wrestling mm. because um, I really believe this. When you've wrestled, I, I think everything in life gets easier. And, and the reason is, is there's things that come along with the sport. Again, it's you and someone else. There's nowhere to hide. So you've either prepared or you're not. You're either going to give up or you're not. You're either going to give in or not. And at the end of the day, if you lose something that you gave it everything you had, I can sleep on that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I can
0: rest well. But you know in your mind if you put it all out there or not. And then you got to learn to sleep at night whether or not you did or didn't. Most of us can't sleep when we didn't bring our best, and we know it, and we, there's nowhere to hide. And so for me, and, and then not yeah. only that, when you, the higher levels you get, there's weight cutting involved, and so then you're eating less food, you're having to be disciplined with the food that you put in your bodies. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, And then you still gotta go out and compete when you're tired, when you're mm. injured. And so yeah, there's just things you just learned. Okay, well, I mean, now when I go through difficult times, I literally have thoughts like, well, at least I can eat when I'm hungry, you know? (laughs) I don't have to do this on an empty stomach. Perspective. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's a great sport for developing resilience, for sure.
1: I love that, man. Um, What are some of the things that growing up for you have kind of made you the man you are now? I mean, obviously, football, the coaching, um, the coaching you received, wrestling, but what are some of those other things that you felt like, man, this is... This is part of what has helped to give me this hope in real life. That's helped me to live a life that's on mission.
0: Yeah. I, you know, so I, my parents were divorced when I was one. And uh, statistically speaking, um, that doesn't make me all that different from about half of the people yeah. on planet earth. Right. I mean, yeah. it seems like most, uh, at least half of marriages end in divorce, but. You know from an early age i struggled with that like i loved my stepdad he deeply invested in me uh he cared for our family he was the model of stability and so on one hand i would not have changed that mm. on the other hand you know there was a part of me that really struggled with why isn't my family together why do i have to go here every other weekend as long as everything's works out and then i got to go back over here but then when i'm over here i don't get to see my friends on the weekend that all my other yeah. friends get to see when they're here so that was challenging, um, man, as I grew up, there were, um, on my, through some of my dad's side of the family, there was some uh, infidelity from, um, you know, from a pastor, from our pastor, ended up having an affair with my dad's wife. Um, man, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow Absolutely. when you're growing up, when you're in middle school. Um, so can I, can, there, I, can I stop you right there? Yeah.
1: How did you not become bitter towards the church? In that. Because for a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, the church hurt is, and I think we may end up having a church hurt episode. We've tossed yeah, this idea yeah, right, yeah, around, yeah. but for a lot of people, when something traumatic like that happens from a spiritual leader, I'm out. Yeah. See, I I don't even want to have anything to do with Yes.
0: Yeah. So first of all, uh, who said I didn't go through a period? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but you know. By God's grace, yeah. um, I told you my parents were divorced, but whether I was with my mom and stepdad, we kind of grew up going to this tiny Baptist church over in Morrisville, a little country church, or when I was with my dad, we were at this church um, where you know this event happened. But again, by God's grace, I grew up with a pretty clear understanding that um, the church was really built on... The person of Jesus, mm. and so I understood from an early age that what our what what our faith was about. And again, I hope this podcast is for to encourage people who are following Jesus, yeah. and I hope it can add value in people's lives that, that don't. And so, mm-hmm. if this stuff doesn't make sense, like maybe it's some episode, it will. But for me, I had this understanding that because of my own sin in my life and in sins of other people's lives, Jesus had to die to pay a penalty for sure. that sin, so that we could have a restored relationship with God. Um, if you know, Baptist churches do anything right, they preach that well, okay? And so I joke around, I think I might have had a better understanding of the Bible when I was like 11 than I do now sometimes. But, um, but, but so I understood that, that yeah. it was about Jesus, it was never about a man. It that's was good. never about a different spiritual leader. And that's something that's been valuable to me even in recent seasons sure. of my life. And so, because at the end of the day, humans make mistakes. Yep. We're not perfect. That's literally why Jesus had to die. And actually, I think understanding that is another thing that can help us with resilience in mm. life. Because sometimes I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to be perfect. But that's again, that's a whole nother episode. That would be. Yeah. But but, you know, I think for me, I had that understanding. But then at some point, you know, that happened just before, um, just before high school. Sure. It did kind of send me down a road of, okay, well, if my dad can be the worship leader at our church and if we can give our lives to, and then stuff like this can happen, I'm going to do my own thing for a little while. And Mm. it's not like I didn't believe in God. I just was frustrated and angry and having my own pity party and uh, doing my own thing. And so I did for a while through high school and did it well. (laughs) uh, (laughs) But uh, I think at the end of the day, I came to a place of realizing, okay, this, I'm fooling myself. Mm. This isn't really bringing me the satisfaction and the hope in my mm-hmm. life that I'm pretending like it is. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's taken me to a place of feeling more disconnected from who I really am. Oh, that's good. And so that, I think that's played a part, you know, around college of me really getting recentered in yeah. my relationship with God. But yeah, I definitely went through a point, point of frustration here. Now, I will tell you to this day through counseling, I know um, that it has led to an an, a higher inability in me than probably for most to trust certain people now i can trust god sure but at the end of the day do i trust other people <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a tough one that's tough that's tough no, i, I just, probably got some guards up
1: yeah i mean how could you not and i think the the honest thing is most of us have guards up yeah. right because of previous experiences yeah. that we've had and so um I don't think there's anything wrong with being careful. Yeah. Yeah. And who you let in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's good. In college, you start to get serious about your faith. Mm -hmm. Was there one event that led to that? Was it a process? Was it the community you were in? What did that look like for you?
0: Yeah. uh, So I got my freshman year, uh, I was seeing a girl that um, uh, the truth, I mean, we had been together for. a couple years at the time. That relationship was starting to get rocky. uh, And I had put a lot of eggs in that basket. I got injured in wrestling, Mm. did some nerve damage in my neck and was told I most likely wasn't ever gonna be able to wrestle again. Wow. And uh, so I kind of hit this place of, um, you know, there's some other pieces to that. We've got a time limit on the podcast, but I kind of hit a place of like, man, everything that I really thought my identity was wrapped up (sighs) in. Was, was not going Come to on. continue moving forward. Sure. And so I, um, I ended up, quite honestly, uh, <laughs> at Hope uh, somehow. <laughs> my, my, my mom and my stepdad told me that there was a, a, a church that they had started going to who the coach of, it was a, the coach of my younger brother's soccer team was actually the lead pastor of mm. this newer, church startup. And they started going. And I kind of had this, uh, if I'm honest, it was probably pride, I kind of had this thing inside of me was like, wait a minute, I'm the one in our family that used to be kind of like the spiritual driver even as a you know, even in in my youth. And so if they're going to go check this thing out, I'm going to go check it out. And I, I I'll bet you it was the first six, seven weeks in a row that I was there. I felt like I heard the message. It doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter how far you've gone, you're not too far from the love of God. And mm. you needed that at that time. I did need it. Yeah. I did because uh, I had done some things that um, I think would call that into question for most people. And so that was the start of, um, I shouldn't say start, that was kind of the, the rekindling of my relationship with Jesus uh, at that point. Um, And then uh, other people just started popping up in my life, Um, not necessarily just at Hope, but also from our college campus. Merritt Lawn was our Athletes in Action Director there, Um, started getting involved with them. And he was just, he was one of the first guys that ever walked alongside of me in my life that like followed Jesus and just seemed like a normal guy. Mm -hmm. Like he was a man's man, he was a normal guy. Was he perfect? Absolutely not, but he was a young guy, he was married, he had a kid and like he could say, hey, I'd love to pray with you. And it didn't seem like this weird moving off into a spaceship thing. It was like, man, here's just a guy that cares about me that um, also is following Jesus. And so I think hope and I think those personal relationships in college is really what drove me back or um, maybe maybe created a healthy environment for me to grow in my relationship with Jesus then.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, man. I, I feel like for a lot of us, my story is similar you kind of hit this crossroads in your life at some point and you start asking questions about man who am i really what's really going on what is my real purpose what am i here for and then i think for you to find that and then you to be so invested in the place for so many years that you found that is i mean I'm thankful that you walked in. Yeah. You
0: went, you yeah, who would have thought, right? I mean, yeah. I, and you're talking about a hope, I assume, yeah. when you say that. Oh, yeah. 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 And and so, I mean, that would have been in probably 1998. Wow. 1999. I mean, 23, yeah. 24 years ago. Yeah. I mean, almost a quarter century yeah. ago. Yeah. Long, long time. Wow. So, yeah. And so I ended up somehow in that time, ended up on staff here, planted a church out of here. And then in 2012, yeah, ended up back. Uh, here at Hope,
1: yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that the the church planting, yeah, um because that that is a big part of your 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 journey um what made you plan a church um first and <sighs> foremost, and yeah. you know just some of your experiences you had leading up to that' Because I know you were doing youth ministry here for a little bit. I mean, you've done a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. uh in the church, but just that in particular,
0: yeah, um, so the short answer is. I have something, and I don't know why I feel like, I think I do, and then we'll do an episode on it mm-hmm. too. But I, I do have this thing inside of me, and some of it might be, I'm just being honest, yeah. like some of it might be selfish. I hope most of it's not. I don't think most of it is. <laughs> but I just wanna be where, I wanna be doing whatever I can do to have the most impact mm. on the world around me. Mm. Now, when I say a podcast, this whole idea of hope in real life, yeah. I believe that Jesus did say, I came that you would have life and have it abundantly. And I believe that true abundant life is found when we're living out the purpose that God has put inside of each and every one of us. That's good. And so for me, I am just, I feel the most alive. I sense that I'm most alive in my Mm. soul when I'm making an impact. And so for us, we were, myself and another pastor and some other family, I was on staff at Hope. We were invested here. But we got to a point where we really believed that we might have a greater impact doing what it was that God had called us to do if we were to move out on our own and plant another church. Now, it's not that I certainly wasn't saying that I think we'll have more of an impact than hope would have. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But I thought that we would have more impact doing ministry the way that God had called us to mm-hmm. if we moved out on our own and then sure. moved into this downtown Raleigh area, which is where we ended up going. Mm-hmm. So back then it was about what would um, what would allow us to have the most impact. And so that's where we went.
1: Yeah. That, I think that's a, the desire to have impact. That's a high achiever. Hmm, yeah. um, I'm wired a little similar yeah. <laughs> myself. Yeah. You always want to have impact, and so that's good. What are, What are some of the things you felt like you learned through that church planning experience? Because I've I've heard you teaching staff meetings, um, smaller meetings, where you've you've mentioned things from that time. You've mentioned stories like. It just feels like that was a very pivotal, pivotal, pivotal time and point in your life yeah. when you did that.
0: Yeah, I, a couple things. One, I <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I learned was. Um, I had a lot more learning to do. Hey, <laughs> you know, you—I hey. I think you're. Um, hey. I was probably too young to. I probably had no business. I mean, we went out and got assessed by this church planting guru sure. guy, and he, you know, kind of gave us his blessing. I mean, he said he did, and then if I remember correctly, <laughs> he never could find the actual test results to send to us, so he could have just said like, "Yeah, go ahead." Go and, and do it. Go, but, go, go do it. But yeah, I think what I learned was we didn't. You just uh, when you're young, you you just don't know as much as you think it's you good. do. And uh and I'm finding that out every day. Mm-hmm. So and now I'm think now I think mm-hmm. I'm at the point where I realize like, Okay, well welcome to life. You're gonna learn this mm-hmm. every day for the rest of your life. But so I think that was the first. Another thing that I learned is you sometimes it's hard to learn until you just go and do. Mm. And you can sit back you and need
1: you, can, you need experience you need experience.
0: Yeah. And, and you can uh you can take pot shots, you can think you know better, you can have all the answers, um, you can um philosophy <laughs> sure. but until you actually go out and give something a shot you don't really know what kind of impact you can have you don't really know where you need to grow what what you I mean you know I have friends that are you know um, in the in the police force or in special forces and like mm-hmm. it's one thing to sit at a gun range and, and shoot a gun mm. um, it's another thing to actually you um, be in a situation where someone's shooting at you. And you gotta shoot back. And you gotta shoot back. Yeah. And you gotta stay safe and you gotta protect. There's actually a person next to you that you're, you're responsible for mm-hmm. saving. And, and now you're in a position where what you really wanna do is go home right. <laughs> at night, you know, right. safe. So it, it's that type of environment. Like, yeah, sure, you can think you know, but do you really know? And it's in those moments that we really, really have opportunities to grow. And then I think the biggest lesson I learned in that is oftentimes we do things in life and we think it's about the destination, mm-hmm. but ultimately it's it's about the journey. It's about yep. the growth that's yep. gonna happen through that. Yep. And, and I really, um, I think that's, um, whether you're a follower of God or not, I mean, I think it's a biblical principle that God is working through the trials, to help develop you into what it is that he wants you to be. Mm -hmm. And it's not just what he wants you to be, but what you were created to be. But I just think like, even if you take that out, there is a principle that like, when you are refined through the fire, if you can make it through, (laughs) you're gonna come out better on the other side. You're gonna come out stronger on the other side. And so um, sometimes it's, you gotta remember, man, it's just about that journey along the way.
1: I love it, I love it. Um, Let's talk about this hope in real life. Yeah brand um
0: do we have a brand, I, have a brand? I, 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 just, <laughs> it's I'm, early I we got that's it good. is it is It is. we need it's, some hats or something
1: we do we do need some hats and some shirts and, <coughs> and some you know i love a good hoodie so yeah I'm, there you I'm, go, there you I'll, go. I'll, i'm i'm all in on the hope in yeah. real life hoodie but um just talk about the vision that that god has given you for just this whole Hope in real life movement is probably a better way.
0: I love that. I think that's great because it is that. That's my hope Mm -hmm. is that it would be. Look, man, you turn on the news, right? What are you gonna see, right? You're gonna see um, depression, mental illness, um, shootings, um, violence. Um, Man, I just don't believe that that is the experience. Mm. I personally believe that God created men and women uh, to to experience an abundant life. Yeah. Um, and man, my desire uh, I, is to help be a conduit for that, sure. to help people find hope in the midst of what could seem to be a hopeless life. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so that's what this is all about, man, is like, let, let's find ways to, to take um, practical steps mm-hmm. in the different areas of our life mm-hmm. towards finding hope. And so we're going to be looking at different things, whatever that means. I mean, there's going to be conversations of you and I Mm -hmm. uh, that I think will move us in that direction. There's going to be conversations where uh, you and I are actually bringing someone else in, a subject matter expert on a topic and having some conversation. But at the end of the day, how do we bring practical and tangible steps for people that they can take where they can find hope in real life? I
1: love it. I love it. I like. And I, Here's the thing, I think for many people, you run into obstacles, you run into challenges that you face, whether it's raising your kids, mm-hmm. whether it's being married, whether it's being single, because yeah. that can be a challenge that's for right. some people, depending yep. on your circumstances. Finances is a big thing, yep. and I think being able to provide space, that's why I love this vision. Like yeah. When you first started talking about this thing, I said, oh man, like... The church, we do a good job of talking about Jesus,
0: yep.
1: and we should, but there's all these practical things that we have going right. on in life, and how do we tie them all together? Yep. And
0: yeah. So- yeah, I mean, make no mistake. I, I, I Again, whether you agree with me on this or not, I think there's space for you <laughs> here in this podcast. Absolutely. I, I think it, you're going to have a really difficult time to find ultimate hope in real life without the gospel, without Absolutely. the good news of Jesus. Absolutely. Having said that, I believe if you really read the New Testament, for what it is, the majority of Jesus's teaching is incredibly practical. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think I deeply cares about the practical areas of our life, and so yeah, the whole vision for this is like I think this podcast is kind of like a front door, right? Yes. Like this is hopefully this can be shared and enjoyed and mm-hmm. consumed by people that, that can, and it can add value to their life. But the goal is for them to us to be able to take this and then. If folks are interested be able to point back to the hope in real life app and then be able to get to different growth tracks if they're looking to grow in these different areas and so you mentioned areas like uh parenting marriage finances uh y- you name it how to handle yourself in the marketplace Yes, uh, What that's what is a life of potential single mm-hmm. life look like if mm-hmm. that's where uh you find yourself and so that's the overall vision, man. How do we add value both here through the podcast and then, by the way, if you want to go a little bit deeper in these areas, we've got some resources for you. I love it. I love it.
1: Well, Jason, this was a fun episode one, yeah, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah. I enjoyed hearing your story cuz there were I've heard pieces. Yeah. There were other pieces I hadn't heard before, yeah. and so I I definitely enjoyed that, man, and yeah. I'm thankful to be on this journey with you. Yes, sir.
0: Way. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Hope in Real Life podcast. If this content was valuable for you, don't forget, like, subscribe, share. You never know how important it could be to bring a little hope into someone else's life. Uh, There's even a place here for you to comment. We would love to hear from you and hear your feedback. Until next time, let's keep sharing hope.